Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And this is Scott Galloway. How you doing, Scott? How's it going this week? I was in Canada, just so you know. I just Canada. missed Justin Trudeau. I didn't see him when I was there. How do you get 60 drunk Canadian fraternity members out of your pool? I'm so, I don't want to know, but go ahead. Guys, could you please get out of the pool? <laughs> That's good comedy. That is That's good comedy. Yeah, okay. Why right, are you that in Canada? Was good. I was oh, no, what else? I was in Canada for Collision. It's a, it's a big, giant conference, a big, messy conference. And I was there to interview three people. Alex Stamos from uh, Facebook. These are all going to become podcasts. Who's now piled on? Who's now decided that Mark Zuckerberg has too, too much power? Oh, Thanks, he Alex. does. Yes, I know. Thanks, Alex. And then, uh, and then Ev Williams, who's the... Um, uh, he was the founder of Twitter, and he's also the CEO of Medium, and he's a big investor. He was a big investor in Beyond Meat, for example, so he's done rather yeah. well there. Um, and so we were talking about all kinds of stuff there. And then I had to do, just so between us, we had to, I had to do a thing where they people talked to me, and I thought, like, it was a stage in the middle of this big, noisy CES-like conference. Right. And, like, like hundreds of people showed up, and they all love Pivot. It was so funny. They're like, yes, what's Scott Gallagher? Yay Gallag for us. Yay for us. Yay they were like, what's us. Scott? People hugged me. People hugged yeah. me for this shit, for this and Rico Decode. It was very funny. Uh, yeah. It was really, they asked what you're really like. All the Canadians were super polite. And Cialis and Netflix, boom. That kind of summary. <laughs> Erectile dysfunction and quick serve Mexican food. I did not say that to the Canadians. That's yeah. not what you say to Canadian people. They're okay. very pleasant. Anyway, okay. it was very interesting. But one of the things I want to talk about the, was the interview I did uh, with um, Ev talking about Twitter and, you know, yeah. he, he pulled himself off the Twitter board. Um, he's no longer affiliated with it except he owns stock. Um, and it was really interesting, you know, I think he had some thoughts about what, again, at, once you've left, what a healthy discussion should be online. And he felt right. like it really had taken a turn and he does, he, he was talking about the idea of what, whether there could be a better turn for a lot of these companies. And I was... I was sort of like, I don't, I don't see any of these being funded because of the size of these large companies, um, or there isn't, there isn't, hasn't been a new social network since 2011 when Snapchat right. was founded, and so it was a really interesting discussion. And then, of course, this week it got toxic as ever with Trump going crazy on Twitter again uh, over Nancy Pelosi dissing him apparently. Well, tw look, Twitter's benefited hugely from uh, the president. And mm -hmm. so back to Evan Williams, I just like, I don't know him, but I just mm -hmm. really like him because I think Medium is a wonderful property. Do you use Medium? I don't, but he talked a lot about it and like the, where he's going with subscriptions and things like that. W tell me why you think it's an interesting company. 
Well, just because, quite frankly, like everything I like, it's been really good for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's this it's this wonderful place where storytellers get more oxygen. So if you write mm-hmm. something somewhere, actually, medium would be very very good for you, I think. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it takes content and it creates a shampoo effect, and that is, it circulates it across a larger audience. And they have this interesting technology where where it will highlight what readers found was the most compelling part. I don't even know how mm-hmm. they measure this in terms of engagement of the actual content. And it's also a, to his credit, the gestalt of the vibe on Medium is very positive. People mm-hmm. are very supportive, very friendly. So it's a place for the written word. And right, that's what he was talking about. That's what he was, he was fo- I was like, are you going to get into podcast or video? He's like, no, because I think there's a lot of innovation to be done around the, you know, where a new media company is going, Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, but no, he's I'm, experimenting I'm with like, a traditional journalists, which have worked in part and not worked. He started a bunch of different magazines. Um, but I think he's really relying on on authors going in there yeah. more than anything. more than, And subscribing. That was the idea of a subscription. What do you think about that? Like the idea that's well, really where his business is going. I think it's working. Um, I, and, and look, he has the capital himself probably to does. do this at a, at a decent clip and not need to be worth five or ten billion bucks. But it's I'm, in, I'm into this notion of organic intelligence, and it goes to another story I think we're going to talk about, Quora, right, okay. and that is, yes. I think technology is root and where it's good for mankind, and what it was meant to be is, okay, we have an excavator that can lift 10,000 pounds of dirt and iron and steel, which a human can't, mm-hmm. but you need the greatest um, processor in the world, and that is the gray matter between our, our ears to help guide the excavator. Mm-hmm. And while the entire world seems focused on replacing humans with technology, I think the, the bigger opportunity is what I refer to as organic intelligence, and that is how mm-hmm. does technology leverage a skilled, trained individual? And to a certain extent, Medium's an example of that. Quora, which is this kind of human-powered search engine which says you have a question, you can type it into Google, and you'll get some good stuff and a lot of crap. Right. And there's a lot of lack of nuance. But if you say on, you know, if you if you go on core and say, what's the difference between going to Columbia and NYU? You'll mm-hmm. get a thoughtful answer from somebody who's probably in admissions or has or has been to one undergrad and one grad. Mm-hmm. And it's got, I think, didn't you guys just report it got it raised money to $1.8 billion valuation? Yeah, that's what we did. That we reported that on Teddy Schliefer reported that in Recode. It was a two billion dollar valuation, something like that. It's very high. It's quite high. So people were sort of wondering why it's worth that. So explain to the people why you think that, because you well, can be pretty hard on valuations. Well, but this one might make sense. So two hundred million monthly active users, which is pretty impressive, right? So you have the population of you know the Western United States or the Eastern. I don't know. Two hundred million is a lot, or Central America. I don't know what the. I need to find someone who has two hundred million population memo to self, but. It also, you can think about the advertising opportunities. If you type in, if you type in, I'm searching, you know, what's the difference between a Buick LaCrosse and a, a Chevrolet Suburban? That's a pretty good opportunity for an advertiser. I mean, the targeting, mm-hmm. if they can figure out the technology and tools that Facebook has brought to bear in terms of an ability to recognize intent and an opportunity and then insert an ad or a thoughtful conversation or even what I'd call sort of sponsored experts, which I don't think would be, people would be that averse to. There's a lot of opportunity here. And I, I love, I mean, another example of artificial intelligence um, or organic intelligence besting, in my view, this AI world. You have, um, do you remember all these makeup apps where you could you could go onto your phone and yeah. it would take mm-hmm. a picture of your face and then it would send you back and you look like Bozo the Clown. It was just terrible. It, it just didn't work. 
Yeah. Uh, L'Oreal has launched something called Color & Co. We're using an app that connect you with Andre, this great colorist at a high-end salon. So, yeah. so you have some help. Yeah, and he advises you. And to me, that's where the future is. And that is how do we, how do we scale, again, this is incredible artisanship and productivity of so many people out there with technology. And I think that's, I mean, to a certain extent, although we, I rag on them all the time, Uber and Lyft are effectively technology on top of, you know, abused, abused labor. Right. But still, there's a lot of value to be created. The whole world's focused on replacing humans. That's not the key. The, the key is to enhance humans with technology. Enhance. 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 So, there you go. Do you want to be enhanced? If, you, if they came to you and said, we're going to put a chip in your brain and make you speak seven languages, would you do I'm that? in. I'm in. a second. Me too. What about, ex, what about exosuits? We're going to have a lot of this stuff at Code where you're coming. We're going to have uh, jet packs. We're going to have uh, all kinds of mobility stuff, all this like drones you can ride and things like that. Would you, would you if you had an exosuit, would you wear it? This is to make you stronger? Oh, I'd do anything that would make me stronger. I take right. creatine other than steroids. I, I took I, had, <laughs> I was on testosterone therapy for about a month until I oh. became so jumpy Okay. Uh, that I decided, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'd but occasionally, you, a suit you could put on and just be just as strong so you didn't have to have your body be fixed, but it would help a suit, enhance you. A stronger you. suit? Yeah, yeah it's clothes. Clothing that, By that the way, will make you stronger. I'm just, everything, funny. I know nothing about this, every technology you're going to have a code, you should yeah. short that company. Whenever you see something in the conference hall <laughs> of a conference. We don't have a hall. You'll see. You'll, you're wrong. You're wrong. We've, we have launched so many big, com- big companies oh at, at our different events. We have launched, we've launched lots of dogs, too. No, we did. You know, Jawbone, even though they, the initial Jawbone was launched at Code, the, the whole bunches of companies have been launched. Jawbone? Sonos, Sonos, another we- Sonos. Another week flex from Kara Swisher. No, Jawbone. Sonos was. And then Bing. Bing. We're going to Bing it. Oh, wait. Hold on. Come on. You're the big, exactly the big making my table. point. No, we had some good ones. I'll make You're a list exactly of good ones. You're exactly making my point. The bi- Jawbone and Bing. Bing. What's Bing. next? We launched Netscape. What's next? No, no we didn't. Seriously. It was too early. Anyway, let's move along. Oh, wait. Speaking of failed stories. technologies, uh, right, th- a curveball here. It's not even in our <laughs> script. Right. What do you think of the new augmented reality Google Glass? I don't care about Google I mean, it's literally like these they guys. Keep trying. They keep trying. I believe in augmented reality. I just don't believe in Google Glass augmented reality. Yeah, but I they, just don't. they know you said that. So instead of calling it VR, they call it AR. And it's hey, basically, I, th- I believe in that. I would like to go. Uh, like I'm going it, to Paris this summer, and I'd like to head. look at the. Well, there's got to be something. It has to be a heads-up display of some sort, right? How, where you, else are you going to get it? You roll around in aviators because, like me, right. you think a lot about how you look, right? right You're course, not going to yeah. wear Google. No, this I want a, my aviators to have heads-up display. I'd like my aviators to have heads-up display. Uh, Google Glass is not a wearable. It's a prophylactic, ensuring you'll never I have children. I said that. I'm I, telling you, My if famous you're at dinner, line was that Google makes supermodels unfuckable. That's what There I'm you go. Literally, if you're at, if you're at Remember dinner, they you had think, supermodels when they first introduced it, wearing them? And I was like, wow, that's... Yeah, the Diane Von Furstenberg yeah. fashion Dion. show. Dion. It's Dion. It's Dion? Yes, it's Dion. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Anyways, I'm scared of her husband, so I'm not going to say She's anything. Great. She's great. He's but great. literally, if you're at dinner and you're thinking, I don't want more kids and I don't want to have sex, pull out your Android phone, pay mm-hmm. for dinner with a Discover card, roll, put on your Google Glass, and then talk that's about fun. how this weekend you're going to practice your magic. Boom, no children. <laughs> no children for you. No sex for you. <laughs> I'm thinking of learning magic. I think it would be cool to do some tricks. No. Anyway, listen, listen. We're gonna get move. Speaking of like magic, we you we 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 had a prediction. Your Tesla prediction. Speak oh yeah, of that. You're, you're totally. Yeah, you're totally. You're I'm, South by Southwest. You went on a rant about Tesla, as I recall. Okay, so March 10th or 11th, I predicted yeah. or we predicted that no, it was Tesla, a rant. It was a rant. It was a rant that this is the year that Tesla comes undone. And right. look, it's very simple. 
greatness is, is accomplished in the agency of others. And when you see the hemorrhaging of talent at Tesla, that is just an incredibly negative forward-looking indicator. When we made that prediction, mm-hmm. Tesla was at about 300 bucks a share. It closed below 200 today. And I think mm-hmm. it's, and this will go to our prediction, but I literally think Tesla is coming undone. And mm-hmm. of course, they're now saying, oh, well, what about China? And this guy literally is, talk about the master of over-promising and under-delivering. Here's some of the commitments he's talked about. A million autonomous cars from Tesla within a year. So we're 11 months out from a million autonomous cars from Tesla. Uh, well, let's keep track of that. Mm-hmm. Now he's talking about 1,000 satellites from SpaceX. I'm sorry, 6,000. Now he scaled it back to 1,000. Mm-hmm. And we'll have cheap broadband for you know all the world. I, 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 that's going to be tough to deliver against. And now he's trying to create another illusionist trick to pop up his prop up his stock and talk about you know China being a huge market for Tesla. Mm-hmm. Tesla now has approximately the same market cap as Ford. Tesla mm-hmm. will produce I think three or three hundred and fifty thousand cars this year. Do you know how many cars Ford at the same valuation will 50 produce? Fifty billion. Fifty billion. <laughs> Close. Seven million cars. Mm-hmm. Seven million. So, and and the 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 you know illusionist trick is to try and convince people that oh Tesla is not a car company; it's a tech company. No, it's not. They have to mm-hmm. bend steel and make these things called cars, which right. is a shitty business, a low margin business. It is. So, it anyways, is. the the I think Tesla. It's going to be very interesting. What's going to happen? I think investors are finally getting fed up. With, so, what will happen? Although people love the Teslas, my brother just bought one. They love the. It's a great, it's a great car. car. It's, it's a great, great car. car. Yeah, so what's so the what? So what happens? Well, because Bezos we're just said he was interested in automobiles. Would you think he would buy that company or do something with it? Well, that that's so that's the prediction, and I'm and we're stealing our thunder. But okay. my, my prediction okay. is within twelve months, Tesla's sub a hundred bucks a share, and it probably gets acquired uh, because there's buy. real value there. That's right. the okay. tough so, one. That's the tough one. Is who would buy them? Because automobile companies who are the best acquirers. Even at, if it goes from $35 billion to $17 billion and pay a premium to $20, 25000000000 billion, there's maybe mm-hmm. one company that could buy a couple, maybe Toyota, maybe uh, Daimler-Benz. But that's a bet-the-farm kind of, bet-the-ranch mm-hmm. kind of bet. The guys that could acquire it that have the, the balance sheet are the tech companies, but they don't want to go into a low-margin business. Right. So would Google start to see the car as a platform for more advertising maybe where they're – Autonomous driving technology. I mean, yeah, so, Sundar Pichai. I think. What do you think? What do you, if if Tesla I don't think to be, Google would buy it at all. No. no but no, it's getting current. to the it's getting to the point where if it gets cut in half, which I think it will in the next twelve months, it could be a potential acquisition because it's a great brand, it's a great product. But who, uh, in terms of the banter, do you hear out there who would be interested? Would Amazon well, be a potential acquirer? Amazon possibly. Uh, if he's in, he's just said he just indicated he's interested in cars. So Amazon and they don't they do not have a good relationship from my perspective. That I've I've I don't think they're very. I think there's a lot of competition there, especially around space. So. Oh, sword fighting with their dicks in sword space, f- right? Yes, my exactly. rocket's bigger than your rocket. <laughs> That's I mean, essential. it's just totally. Thank ridiculous. you for boiling that down into a very. <laughs> Clear metaphor. Thank it's you. It's what that. it's all about, Kira. I was, I was only saying I don't think they're fans it's of each other. It's what it's all about. Um, You're getting the twins. It's all, it's, 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 anyway, is, just, what's important? Why do I even know this about you? I don't even <laughs> understand why. I have. No, women do Good not. Stuff. Well, they do name. No, they don't. Anyway, um, so uh, so anyway, so it would be Amazon. There would be obviously Toyota, Daimler Benz. I don't think one of the big American car companies would buy it. That's a, buying a lot of trouble. They don't have too. the money. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't American have the money. So, have the money. Yeah, they don't so have the, I think it's probably America. Amazon or 
And obviously the Chinese companies can't really buy it. So maybe Daimler-Benz or uh, Toyota, I would say. You know, yeah, that, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting. Okay, so I've been really good for the last 12 right. minutes. I haven't mentioned something that is really the only important story all right, of the world. All right, because then we got to get to a break. What? What? Oh, come on. Read my mind. Go ahead. I what don't know. What huge event has taken place in the last seven days? I don't know what, Google? Oh, the come Google on. Zeitgeist? What? What? I'm sorry. Apple's Winter came and up. went. Winter oh, my God, no. In. No, no, we're not talking about Game of Thrones. Oh, it's not happening. Come on. Just a little bit. Just right, a little. You'll seconds, love this. Two you seconds, because then we're going over. You aren't outraged by this? You aren't? Did no, you see the care. finale? You know what? If people spent more time worrying about our country than they do about the writers of Game of Thrones, it would be a better country. Okay. Let me just fine. say, everybody spent a lot of time discussing whether it should be right. And literally, I would love them to talk that about infrastructure. I'd love them to talk about our our our, our broken legislative system. I would love to talk about our crazy president. Like anything else, but no, no. Game of Thrones needs to be rewritten, and literally everybody right, jumped right. on board. But okay, go right ahead. I, I'll go stop right talking. Ahead. The world. Go Stop talking about Game of Thrones if we acknowledge we need, more, we need more engaged fathers and not a better fucking phone. And you stop talking about Steve Jobs like he's Jesus Christ. Deal? He's not Jesus Christ. He's Anyways, not Jesus Christ. Anyway, Game go of ahead. Thrones. Go ahead. I'm two shocked. You I'm seconds. shocked you mm-hmm. aren't outraged by this because it's basically like Jordan Peterson went into sci-fi. The basic the way to summarize the finale is the patriarchy wins. So they have yeah. the strongest character up until the last season, uh, uh, Daenerys, mm-hmm. basically gets in a mood, finds a dragon, and goes apeshit crazy. It's like the basic yeah, lesson is true. do not trust women with power. Right. Jon yep, Snow ends up being the thoughtful guy who goes back to a life of celibacy and kind of saves the world and sacrifices himself. Yep. Sansa, who should have been king, mm-hmm. basically, she's like when you walk into a room with all white dudes and boards, which happens mm-hmm. to me all the time, and you see one woman, I'm like, oh, let me guess, you're head of HR. They made her head mm-hmm. of HR, right? Mm-hmm, they gave her mm-hmm, a small mm-hmm. kingdom. She's the most talented mm-hmm. person in the room, but they gave her a small kingdom. She's going to take over, but go ahead. And then my new role model, my new mm-hmm. role model is Bran. The guy is totally checked out, takes off Mm. for several years, come back, and is basically really high standing, sitting next to a tree, and they make him king. That's how I want to spend my weekends. (laughs) I want to be really stoned, sit next to a tree, and then at the end of the weekend yell, King me! King me! I can do that. That's what the Unsullied wanted, from what I understand from my children. That is yeah, what the I, I'm shocked one. you're not outraged about, I'm not, I about the last, I don't like that the they made the episode. woman the villain again. Yes, I, that was a very typical thing. I would have liked her to not have been the villain. That would have been nice. So I literally caused but, a But, you know, Arya is the real so hero good. of that story. Arya yeah, saved the day, episode. and she's off to the new thing. She is. On a white horse. Yeah, on a white horse. She's the best. And she left, and she's sailing and becoming Christopher Columbus. That's her whole thing. Um, it would be nice if there was a sequel about her, but they're not, it's not happening, according to HBO. So what's HBO going to do? That's the big question. I'd like you to think about that in predictions when we come back next. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with Scott Galloway and Pivot. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.
back to our show. So wins and fails. Let's hear. Let's hear a couple. You go minute. first. I'll go first. Well, I think the idea that Marguerite Vestager, who I've interviewed many times, uh, uh, and who is fantastic, might yeah. be the head of the EU. She's been running the competition uh, uh, part of that of of that commission for a long time, and has recently stepped down. And I thought she was going to just get another stint at doing that, but now it seems she might get the whole enchilada, as they say yeah. in Europe. Um, she's really fascinating. She's driven tech companies crazy with all kinds of fines, and and she's been sort of the voice of sort of the conscience of of tech for a, for a long time. One of the very first people to speak out. Um, she gave. I did a great interview with her at South by Southwest. I'm gonna I'm gonna do one in Brussels in. Um, in the end of uh, June again. Uh, she's really smart. She talks about the idea of con- we've chosen the convenient over the good. She talks about privacy quite a bit. She talks about all kinds of things. I think she would drive Donald Trump crazy as the head of the EU. So I, I'm really excited for her to do that if she gets the job. Um, and she's she's also, they made a TV show about her. She's so fantastic yeah. in, in her country, in Denmark. Anyway. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to pile on. That's my that's my win too. It's it, I think the two gangsters who are really important around the general notion that a key step to tyranny is a lack of countervailing forces to private mm-hmm. power. And I think Lena Khan, who most people don't know, who's now working for Congress, looking yes. at uh, anti competition, mm-hmm. and Marguerite Bestier is. And by the way, the G is silent if you're kind of exotic and Bestier. cool like me. Bestier, Bestier, Bestier. Bestier. Okay. I should smoke a clove when I say that. Anyways, the she is, uh, and people always say that she hates big tech. She's mm-hmm. actually very, so. she's very um, even-handed. She went, mm-hmm. she got in the way of the merger between Alstrom and Siemens, saying it would mm-hmm. reduce competition. She went after Nike for charging too much for for jerseys. She told AB InBev that they were uh, they were abusing consumers. I think she's really even-handed and thoughtful. Yeah. And she knits. What's not yeah, to like? She knits. She knitted so. on stage with me once, um, on an at an event. But one of the things that's interesting about her is she's very much talking about what the, what technology does to us, and not in this, as you said, it's in a very even-handed way. And I think she's talking about alternatives we need to have. You know, she talked about. Uh, this idea of use that we choose convenience for good, the, the choice between convenience for good is a big one. And she's not like don't use technology, although she certainly doesn't use Google or anything else. She uses other other I forget the one she uses in France, the 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 um the search engine. Um but she's really she's got she's very it's very hard to find engine? her. They do. There's a, there's other search. I interviewed the CEO of DuckDuckGo uh, last week in New York at, at an event um, there, and he was he was fascinating, total geek, and really f- interesting about. It. They have I think one percent of the market, which doesn't seem like much, but the Duck, search Duck, market Go? is huge. The CEO yes, of DuckDuckGo, Duck, 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 and they do they do you know his whole premise was that very much like others is that they don't need to do behavioral advertising. They can do contextual right. advertising and make tons of money. And the fact that when they, when they move into behavioral advertising, they that's where they run into all the trouble. I mean, I thought that was an issue. Do you imagine the contextual advertising business, which is essentially you search for a car, you get a car ad, you ser- or you might get a bike ad or something that's related versus behavioral where they build these profiles of people and try to serve up you know, highly micro-targeted stuff. It sounds like a perfect candidate or technology to present at your conference because that shit's going nowhere, Kara. Uh, tell me why. Shut up. Don't Go that, ahead. Because we no, have, I'm not. I had him at an event, a small event. I'm not having it at the conference. But what? <laughs> t- why did that? Because it's not going to be big. It's, you have to have, have behavioral advertising. Unfettered monopolies, and and the only reason they're still alive is because Google said no, no, keep them around so we can say we have competition. And with literally 24 hours. 
Google could do whatever they call their panda thing and put DuckDuckGo out of business. It's except, already out of business. I they're going to let them survive except, for a little bit. Except le- that, therefore, we have to have regulators like Marjorie. I, I agree. In I'm with you. In order to stop that. The idea, but I'm asking you is what do you think about the idea of behavioral versus contextual advertising? So uh, throughout marketing, the primary form of targeting has been demographic. So we assume that all people of a certain age and a certain ethnicity want to buy the same things. And it's been it's been pretty effective. And it's actually been a great way to sell advertising because it's, you know, I don't know which 50% of my advertising is wasted. I know 50% is wasted. I just don't know which in the industrial complex of advertising has benefited from that. Contextual is trying to just basically figure out a way to say, all right, we're in the right environment, you know, as evidenced by the term contextual. But the real gangster move here that built hundreds of billions of dollars in value is the ability to behaviorally target. And that is if a eight, you know, a 22-year-old uh, uh, Latina who wants a BMW versus a 65-year-old retired white guy, the reality is if they are both on BMW's site outfitting the BMW, we know they're both into BMW regardless of their demographics. So behavioral targeting, quite frankly, has resulted in a reallocation of hundreds of billions of dollars in the advertising industrial complex. Uh, what's your fail? Uh, so my new kind of uh, so the most besides the Game of Thrones finale, which I know you're very disappointed. Oh well, it's over. Move along. And I tell you what, anyway. you know what they could have done? They could have just had the last oh, scene God. be the dragon melting the throne. Boom. Uh, anyways, uh, okay. So my fail. The most the most overvalued company, private company in the world, went public. Uber, and mm-hmm. it's going to get cut in half from here. The, right. And now the from new, here from here, which it was already cut in half. So thirty. If you were if you were to take uh, Uber and say it was worth thirty five billion dollars, I think you have a difficult time justifying that valuation, which means that it's that's and by the way, that's half the valuation right now. Yeah, exactly. So I do think the market half. is starting to exit this hallucination phase. Oh, you I think do. we're all the lights are coming up in the club. We did X for as long as we could, and it's like, oh fuck! Now it's bright outside, and ugh. I mean, I, we're. We're looking at this stuff. By the way, another one of our predictions that the unicorn class would lose more money off off of the first trade. I think that's already the case. I think if you look, some have done really well. Beyond Meat, obviously. Zoom, great company. I think Slack's going to do really well. You and I love Airbnb. Mm -hmm. But anyways, the most overvalued company, private company in the world, is now no longer qualifies because it's a public company, Uber, and it's now the most overvalued public company in the world. But the other, now the most overvalued uh, private company in the world is WeWork. Oh, and we work, love to whack on that guy. All right, go ahead. Whack away. Well, okay. So lo- loses as much money as it makes, leases companies for 10 years, and then marks it up by putting in really interesting cultural and, and, and you know, am- amenities and a vibe. I think they do a great job. But it's amazing. I mean, think about it. If you're a small business person, you're paying $10,000. It's costing them twenty to house you right now, and right. there's nothing. There's no network effects. There's no real technology here, and when shit gets real, you know the terrible thing about recessions is they always happen. The wonderful mm-hmm. thing is they always end, but they do always happen, and we're overdue. And when you wake up to this company with ten-year leases in a recession where people are no longer willing to pay this kind of money or yep. don't want or just decide to work out of their den or their homes. Mm-hmm. This company goes from negative 100% EBITDA, which is a new record, to negative 200%. And the thing that really bothers me about WeWork Mm -hmm. is that when a company feels like they have license to start inventing their own accounting standards, and rather than now reporting EBITDA— and now, report, now rather than reporting EBITDA like most companies, they've decided they've come up with a new metric called community-based EBITDA. 
I mean, pretty mm-hmm. soon they're going to say like EBITDA for them is going to mean <laughs> earnings before everything else, right? That's what <laughs> well, we want to talk about. Well, you know, that's an about. old trick. That was an old trick of AOLs. They all had, they all have done that. That's exactly. And look, what, and look how that movie ends. So the most yeah. overvalued private company in the world, WeWork, if the markets screw up here and let this thing go public, it could literally torch the entire market because this is, this thing is really, in my view, they got valued at $40 billion, or I think they were out yeah. trying to raise it $40 billion for yeah. a company that it just economically um, absolutely makes most sense. Anyway, community-based EBITDA is my, my fail, of the wor- uh, fail of the week. What's your fail? Did you do a my fail? fail? Yes, I didn't do a fail. I'm going to do a fail. I think Trump yeah. having the fit at Nancy Pelosi, he bites every, every time she picks up, she puts the football out, he kicks it and falls over and she pulls it away. I just am like, I am fascinated by that relationship. I oddly ran into her at an event this week and sat down with her and of all people, Hillary Clinton, which was really interesting to have the two of them together. I'm sorry, you, Hillary, but, and Nancy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was weird. Oh it was Washington. God. It was so Washington moment. I just hope there's not a dragon involved. Watch out. <laughs> you guys get a dragon, a dragon and <laughs> watch <it>. out. <laughs> okay. I, would, I would use that dragon frequently. So, um, so anyway, so I was really fascinated by his reaction. And, of course, he, it seemed like he had it all planned because he had that weird sign, which was weirder than ever, the yeah. sign that he had in front of the podium of the White House, which is like, we have gone real downhill here. Um, and I wonder who made that sign, that sad intern. Who I kept thinking of who's the sad intern who had to make this. And then I thought it must have been Jared because the, the font, font was all off. So, um, but, uh, but I was fascinated by that because he seemed to have planned his little thing, but she seems to have won that. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting. I don't know. It's a, you know, this is all inside politics, but I sort of was fascinated by how, uh, you know, how you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. And this is a very hot kitchen in Washington. And it was, I don't think it matters, but I think it was a fail. I think it was a weird, it was a weird fail that he keeps walking into with her. And she's, and she plays it beautifully, I think. I don't know if you think that. The, the House Speaker, you know what? The House Speaker, yeah. she's a gangster. I she mean, is. she has, and I, I'm going back, I think I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Senator Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi have mm-hmm. sort of made me revisit the notion that am I ageist because I didn't support either of them because I bottom line is I thought they were just getting too old mm-hmm. and it bothers me when these senators and it's almost almost always been male senators who decide that the Senate is their retirement home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know what she's amazing she's yeah. just she's just I think she's just been an, an incredibly thoughtful, measured, and I mean the clap back. She 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 doesn't have a yeah. incendiary tone to her. She's just the literally uh the adult in the room. And, and she seems to uh control the caucus really well too. Yeah, and there's but there's another there's a bigger thing at play here and this you'll love this. I went on Fox last week and it was it was capitalism versus socialism week at Fox. They actually had that week. <laughs> and and wait, just so you know, it's clear that socialism probably won. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> bet that socialism won. Anyways, but oh, social there's so much BS or just there's so much misunderstanding out there around what actually socialism means. Mm-hmm. And tariffs are an enormous kind of socialist act. It is. And we it have is. this tariff I was, war. I agree. And it feels like up until now, the markets have lo- largely shrugged off a trade war, believing that saner minds would prevail. And I think mm-hmm. what we have now is the markets are starting to go, wow, this could get ugly. The Huawei right. thing is pretty serious. Right. They could bar other American companies there. Apple has lost the value uh, just in the last, I think, three weeks mm-hmm. of almost every, um, every, you know, every media company or just add up. They've lost 70 or $80 billion. They've lost the equivalent of Ford and BMW because yep. of this. At some point, she's, she's going to say, you know what, or is going to go, 
All right, we're going after we're going after the heart of America. We're going to go after Apple, and it's it's it, it, Trump. I actually think Trump's right on this one. It's just, of course, going about it all wrong, as opposed to doing it multilaterally with Europeans, who is all alienated and speaking with a much bigger stick. Mm-hmm. He's going. What he fails to realize, they keep saying, "Well, we're a bigger economy. We can hurt them more than they can hurt us." And he's absolutely right. But the problem is. It's similar when, to when we went into Vietnam and Ho Chi Minh said, look, they'll, we'll kill some of their people. They'll kill a lot of our people. They will tire and they will go home. Mm-hmm. We can hurt China more than they can hurt us, but China will close down towns. They'll mm-hmm. close down entire cities because of this. If we close down a farm, we have MSNBC out there and, and Trump says he's going to bail them out. We do not have the tolerance or the stomach no. that China has you're to right. disrupt our economy. They yeah. play for the long game. And you're seeing Apple starting to go, oh, no, this might shit might get real around. Right. This is going from a border skirmish to an all-out trade war. And who's handling it? The worst businessman in the world, as evidenced yeah. by his tax returns. The Literally the worst businessman in yes. the world is now in charge of multilateral ta- talks right, between so, the two largest economies. In I the think world. you're 100% right. I think you're exactly, he's directionally correct and tactically wrong, is typically in this case. In this case, better so, said. Prediction. That was better Thank said. Thank you. So, pithy. I'm a pithy person. So, your prediction was the one you made earlier, which was Tesla, right? Tesla. Sub 100 okay. bucks talks about acquire or going or actually going private. Mm-hmm. And it won't be a $420 I, I want another a small share. one then, since that was, you did it before. Do you have another small prediction? Uh, let's well. Let's do one about politics. Do you have any predictions around politics? Uh, I do not. I do not. I think I, th- I, I do not right now. I'm interviewing a Pete Buttigieg soon, which I think will be interesting. That'll be really exciting. That should be good. I have lots of questions for him. Mayor Pete. Uh, I think I think uh, Warren will become more and more popular. I think she's there's something she's hitting. Yeah, some I, I was with ten different people not in Washington, uh, in other places that are that were are regular people, I guess. Regular people yeah. who seem to be intrigued by the stuff she's they like her smarts. I'm sorry, define regular people who are regular people? <laughs> well not not like Washington creatures. Not Washington creatures. Got, like, got it. Got they were it. just intrigued by her policy. Like they the people do want to talk about substantive things and I do think people are interested much more in substance than people realize. I think this whole like noise fest is not what people are interested in. So we'll talk about the patriarchy. You've seen okay, right. so we have we have Kamala, who's probably the most qualified candidate. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have uh, Senator Warren, who is arguably the intellectual leader of the Democratic Party right now. She's the only one that actually will, mm-hmm. can go beyond a talking point and talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Although Senator Bennett just put out a, a plan on climate change that I thought was pretty substantive. Mm-hmm. But she is really the intellectual thought leader. She's willing to actually put stuff down on paper and do the work mm-hmm. and take a stand. But what do you know? Who are the leaders? Who, who's by far who's crushing it? Two two old white guys in their seventies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Biden yeah. and Sanders. I think that, I think that's because there's a differentiator. Do you want to win or do you want to take the high road? And I think that's right. that's, that's the that's split. Fair. I think that's the same thing with the impeachment. Do you want to win or do you want to really do what's right? And so um, that's, I think, where we are as a country because we're, I think at least the Democrats are so desperate to get rid of Trump that they are going to go with what what works. And that's, you know, that's just where we are. That's That's an interesting point. So I have a question for you. Do you think the Democrats should start impeachment hearings? I do not. I don't think it, I, don't, I think it's largely ceremonial because it doesn't go anywhere yeah. in the Senate. And I think they yeah. should, I don't say beat him at the ballot. It just doesn't, it just creates havoc and we have to, it just, it just doesn't, 
I don't think people. I think people are. T- they want to talk about real topics, and there's. Yeah. They want things to move forward, and it only creates more acrimony and means no legislation. And his stupid tantrum, which he looks like a big giant baby, uh, which baby Huey that he is, but it doesn't. It doesn't get us where we want to go. And I don't. I, don't, I think people have less interest in that than yeah. than anything else. Um, yeah. And so I, it's too confusing too. It's very clear that that that. Uh, that Mueller wanted Congress to act because he couldn't, uh, because he couldn't. And so I, it doesn't really matter. Like yeah. People just don't want the grifter to get off. Well, we might have to let the grifter off and win on the real, on the things. And so the question is, can we have a, 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 an election free of, of interference by foreign bodies? We'll see about that. But we can talk about that next week. There you Scott. go. Scott, thank you so much. What do you do Where for Memorial Day? I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the beach. With Where a, is the beach? With a lot of family a lot like way too much family way too much family okay when you and say beach where rehoboth rehoboth beach delaware my friend has a house in, in rehoboth that's right that's where i'm going i do not for some reason i just don't see i could have i could have guessed a thousand beaches and i wouldn't have said rehoboth. i am just happen to be in dc and so therefore that's where i'm going and then i'm getting ready for code and i'm very excited for you to come to code uh i'm yeah. it's really everyone it's says i get invited to the one in freaking arizona everyone says that place you used to have it is beautiful and i end up in the well, desert well we can't I don't, stay I don't there there was like that's what we had to move it i'm not even going to go into why we had to move it it had union issues that we could not go over but it's not it's not a different one it's the same conference it's just we had to move it that's just the way it goes do i look You'll like hand. someone who gets a I hot stone you massage at do, you, do i look like i need a hot yes. stone massage i think you need one for sure seriously but, and we're putting you in a beautiful one of the most beautiful resorts in america and you're complaining but that's all right i don't who are the who are the one or two speakers you're most excited about i'm doing the kellyanne conway buy here buy your jewelry i'm totally pimping no. you right now who are, who are the one or two most <laughs> Speakers you're most excited about, other than me. All my, uh, all of them. I like all of them. I think all. The CEO, the head of YouTube is going to be there, right? Uh, yes, Susan. Yes, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing tremendous damage to the world. I'm looking forward to meeting her. Okay, good. Okay, well, I want you to get up and ask questions of her. Anyway, Scott, we got to go. All right, Kara. Happy Memorial Day. How's your book signing going? You know, Stephanie Roll, total gangster. We hosted 400 people last night at Stern. Thank you, thank you for asking. It made me Mm -hmm. feel very loved and appreciated. Yeah, Um, your book is doing well, right? Yeah, it's doing, yeah, it's doing. Uh, I've sold, literally, Kara, we've sold dozens and dozens of copies. Good. It's okay, taking, well, read Scott Galloway's world. book. It's called storm. The Algebra of Happiness. Thank you, Kara. You Thanks buy for it. that. Bye. And Thanks I'm trying to go to your party, your book party in New York next week, in two weeks. Oh, it's going to be fabulous. Anyway, all right, that's great. Okay, Nishat Kerwa is the executive producer of Pivot. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for more of a breakdown of all things tech and business. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast app. If you like this week's episode, leave us a review. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.